Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another Forza Italian Football podcast. I'm your host, Connor Clancy, here to talk about Match Day 19, or what we have seen so far of Match Day 19. I've got you and Burns with me. Burnsy, say hello. Hello, everybody. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I had a pleasant day. I had my dinner, and now I'm doing a podcast. Are you going to keep things <laughs> PG? Yeah. I mean, after you made it sound like I went on some sort of racist rant last week. I didn't make it sound like you did anything. I cancelled the words out so that the people didn't realise you went on a racist rant. So yeah, you it, should be... it definitely sounded like I went, ooh, 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 and then unleashed some torrent of abuse towards somebody or something that needed to be taken out. And that's not what happened. I know this isn't what you just <laughs> did there, right? But given the way racist chants manifest themselves in Italian stadiums, you doing a ooh, ooh, ooh noise was the least oh, come on. like that was the worst choice of noise you could have made at that time even though i know you were saying oh to get like attention but anyway yeah, if, if you need saying that's not what i was doing <laughs> it's a good start to the podcast isn't it vito doria is here to bring the standards up vito say hello hello connor i can see the sun creeping in again over your shoulder and it is making me a little bit more miserable as we go deeper into winter here uh, yeah, uh, I think I also got big windows too, so that might be the thing. <laughs> right, now you're just rubbing it in, because I have one very, very small window, and it doesn't do anything for me. What a brag that is. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good brag, all right. Kev Pugzelski is a man who can attest to the size of my windows and the lack of daylight during winter months. Kev, say hello. Uh, hello, everybody. Yes, I certainly have seen your window. Small, isn't it? It's a tiny window. Not much light, right? <laughs> no, you get very little light shining in or out. You were here in... Why would light be shining out over the window? You were here in December, so you can kind of... Although, by the time you come it... here, maybe it'll be a little bit better. Yeah, it was It was, it was just December, a few days yeah, after my birthday, Kev, because I remember there was like my birthday, then about three days later you were here, and then about three days later I had a really traumatic experience and was in hospital for a night. So I remember that timeline very, very yeah. clearly. I say traumatic experience, it wasn't that bad, I'm being a little bit dramatic, but we're here to talk about football, guys, aren't we? And the reason for my giddiness might just be because I've just watched a six-goal thriller at the Allianz Stadium where Juventus and Atalanta played out a 3-3 draw, but before we get to that, we've got so much more things to mention, not only on that game, but what also happened this weekend. So it kicked off on Saturday, Verona beat Lecce 2-0. Then Napoli beat Salernitana by that same 2-0 scoreline. Torino won 1-0 away at Fiorentina. Udinese beat Samp 1-0. Monza Sassuolo in the game that Sassuolo needed to win, really, finished 1-1. Roma beat Spezia 2-0. And then Juventus 
having been handed a 15-point deduction and coming into this game in 10th place in the Serie A table. 10th place for now, because they could appeal and that could still get overturned. Um, finished 3-3 against Atalanta in what was one of the best games we've seen this season, I think it's fair to say. But we'll get into the Juventus points deduction thing in just a little bit. I don't think we want to start with that, do we? But Bernsey... It felt like the Juventus players were like buoyed almost, were energized by the fact that they had been given this punishment and they were trying to come out and prove the whole world wrong. I think they did quite a good job under the circumstances in the sense that it was only ever going to go one of two ways. It was either going to be that or it was going to be they completely shrink. Brenzi, your microphone is muted again. What's he touching? <laughs> what is he touching? What's he got leaning on his keyboard? I'm human. <laughs> I'm fuming. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll do that again, but I didn't touch the fucking thing. <laughs> right. Um, you, which bit would you... I'm not, I'm not editing this out. <laughs> Come on, pick up. He's also um, now sworn. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to swear. Because yeah, I thought it'd be edited out. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, that was it. It was going to go one or two ways. Um, and I think, generally speaking, they did do quite well to play... The way I know they conceded three goals, but it was a much more interesting. Unit. You've muted again. So you going forward. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's coming, but there's no way to stop it. <laughs> right, I've made my point. There's nothing more to add. I'm going to say it again. Otherwise, back to you. <laughs> yeah, but it did. I mean, there were all sorts of rumors coming out after this point deduction was handed out about what was going to happen in this game. Juventus were going to protest, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, there was a lot of nonsense. And I think in reality, it was always just going to go the way that it did. Like, because the Juventus players, if you think back to Calciopoli, they maintained that they did nothing wrong. And it kind of gave them a new spirit to battle on, Kev. Do you know, do you know what I really wanted to see? I wanted, like, when Juve scored, I wanted them to, like, run over to the substitutes bench, you know, hold up a T-shirt with, like, minus 15 on it, you know, hold up, you know, like, like they do when a player's injured. It always feels like, it always feels so, like, fatal in a way. Like, the, you know, the player's out for two weeks of a hamstring injury and they're holding up their shirt, you know, and I, I, you know, I, you know, it wouldn't happen, but, um, because it's a little bit more serious than that. And obviously they don't want to be almost having a dig at the authorities that have handed down this ban, but it would have been very funny. You say that, Kev. Do you not remember every time they won the Scudetto, they held up this very true. big badge very that true, had yeah. two numbers more than the real... Like, all they want to do is, like, claim Antagonize that there's people. a conspiracy against them, and uh, they're insufferable. Their, fa- their fans have embarrassed themselves this week, though, which is quite funny, which we'll probably get on to. Um, By not but- turning up. Well, that's just what Juventus fans do. And to be fair, the stadium's in the back arse of nowhere and the tickets are very expensive. I don't think I'd go to a Juve match every week if I was a Juventus supporter. But I've got a bit more sense than to be a Juventus supporter to begin with. But anyway, we're not talking about that, are we? We're talking about the game. It was a great game, Vito. And it's it's the kind of game that it was kind of in the same mould as Napoli-Juve in that you watched it and you just felt like you couldn't take your eyes off it for quite different reasons, but both games had six goals. Atalanta kind of tried to follow Napoli's lead and just get at Juventus early, and it it just made for an incredible show. It was an end-to-end game, and I think Lukman opening the scoring as early as he did was probably the best thing for the game. You always feel that with Allegri's Juve that they'll try to nullify the opposition and just... uh, 
make this into a clock-watching exercise. When uh, Lookman opened the scoring, that allowed Juve to get out of the shell and score some goals. And uh, they showed that uh, when they're able to control the play and uh, show some initiative, they can be a dangerous side. Uh, however, after half time, Atalanta had that quick burst, and you'd think that was the sucker punch, but Juve just kept at it, and they were able to get an equaliser. Is there a feeling about this Juventus team now, Bernsey, that we've seen them today just be allowed to, I don't know if they were allowed to, but they did just, they went out and played at points in this Atalanta match, and you saw how good Di, how good was Di Maria. Like, we know how good he is. How good was he tonight when he was just playing football and not having to just, well, basically be a shit all of the time? Like, is this not a, a sign that Allegri just needs to just let, let the boys let the boys play a bit of football? Because there's some really good players in that team. I think it is, and I think he will in due course. Uh, you, you could almost make an argument that the shackles might be slightly off now in the sense that you know if if they go further down the table from where they currently are you know as long as it's not towards relegation so what um it, i feel like you may as well go for it and try and pull off some mad run into the champions league places again um i think deemer is in a very good patch of form which helps he's the sort who can run a team he's just um, the best player in Serie A, though isn't he um, Barak. <laughs> there we go. He'll still be getting your vote come the end of the season, Kev, won't he? He hundred percent. I think if, if if you bring like stature in the game into the equation as well, yes. I wouldn't say like right now performances, but he's playing much better. Um, and then you know people like Fagioli is really important in these sorts of games. He was really good. Um, you chuck in the fact that I know he didn't start, but Chiesa's back, and you know he scored in midweek. Pogba um, will come back. They, they, he should be able to let those reins off more and more as things wear on. I, I think the points deduction could feasibly speed that up, possibly because I know you might not think like this, but why the hell not? Why not just let them go and play? You know, M- Milik is a very, very good finisher, and he showed that tonight. Give him chances. So, Kev, the points deduction, the the capital gains case. The ruling was made that Juventus were guilty enough to have 15 points deducted from their total of this season's tally, despite the FIGC's prosecutor's office requesting a nine-point penalty. Now, that caused a lot of eyebrows to be raised, but you break the rules, you get punished, right? Um, In most cases in life, yes. Um, Some would argue... Uh, the more famous and uh, wealthy you are, maybe you don't get punished as right, much as others. But uh, I, I feel like we're nearing last week's. Um, well, yes, I, I think I'm just um, linking this maybe to uh, some high-profile politicians in the UK that I've just been uh, seeing things on our on our news channel um, about. But um, no, you've you've obviously been handed a, a rather large punishment regardless of uh, what was the proposed uh, points deduction and them being quite important for probably the Italian ecosystem. If we're thinking about, you know, Champions League football in, in Turin is, and, and that publicity is probably quite good for the league. So it's it's very 
it's very positive but uh, that the, the, the league come down so strongly on someone like Juventus because I think there are plenty of other leagues out there where the the giants if we call them that do get preferential treatment you know just maybe even subconsciously because they know um how it can how it can harm the the brand as we talk about football uh, these days Kev, if you're driving a car in an 80 kilometer an hour zone and you're driving your car 110 kilometers an hour and you overtake someone who was doing 90 kilometers an hour or even 100 kilometers an hour and the police pull you in is it a valid defense to then say they were also over 80 so why are you punishing me no <laughs> to, to put it simply um it... There's a million levels to it. There's a million layers. There's other clubs involved. I can understand the sort of natural reaction to go, what about that guy, etc. But you know, it, it's all been laid out there publicly. All the you know, we had it on our website. All the names of all the players, all the fees, and you look at some of the names and you look at some of the fees, and it it doesn't take somebody with a lot of knowledge to go. There's something going on there. Mm. They've done something wrong. That doesn't add up. And you know. Like I say, I think that there's been a lot of lashing out, as it were, essentially, which I can understand. We'd all we'd all be susceptible to doing that, were we Juve fans. But, you know, it, it was, what, two days ago now was we record. And you'd think you'd sort of go back over the material and think, do you know what, they, they've clearly done something wrong here. Um, in terms of the, the 9.15 point thing, obviously, that, that, there, there, is a, there is a reason to be possibly annoyed by that and think that it's harsh or whatever but there's a lot of people just not even acknowledging that something wrong was done Vito I've seen uh I don't know if I want to, if I want to call it a movement but there has been a a wave of Juventus fans cancelling <laughs> subscriptions to to Sky Sport and other subscription services um I personally can't get my head around this one can you uh I just find it a bit hilarious, to be honest. You know, it's just a real dummy spit by those supporters. And I saw in one tweet that uh, in the Apulia region that 13,000 subscribers have cancelled um, Sky or the Zon or just all those subscription TV services in general. So, uh, one, I find that hilarious. But two, on the flip side, just jump off the bandwagon and follow your local teams. Go to the... Stadio San Nicola and watch Bari. Go to the Pino Zaccaria and watch Foggia. And Lecce's in Serie A too. So go to the Stadio Del Mare. Show some pride in your local team. Support them through thick and thin. I agree with you. And I, I do just find it absolutely laughable. But Kev, I'm going to come to you with a question that I find myself asking more often than I'd like to admit. But would we all just be better off without them? Like, if they just didn't exist, we'd all be happier, wouldn't we? Well, I mean, as Vita sort of alluded to there, that that is that is it's funny that those figures are from a region that basically couldn't be <laughs> geographically the furthest region. Yeah, <laughs> from, uh. from Turin. Um, yeah, I mean, it does get to a point where you know it's exciting and interesting when they. Um, get a point deduction and you know when they all resigned and stuff it's all very exciting but we would it might not seem like it but we would rather these things just weren't happening full stop that would be better if 
you know, I, I've got no issue with Juve being good if they want to be good. I mean, you know, winning nine in a row is not fun, but them being good alongside lots of other teams, I've got no issue with their existence. They're always doing <laughs> but, something, though. That's the thing. There's always a side story going on. There's always something else. They're always scheming. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, there's been a big scheme going on, I'm and they've been found for it. And a lot of people can't cope with the fact that they've been found out for it. They are an absolute blot on the landscape of Italian football. They, they are just, an, they're just a shame. And I, I hate it, right? Because as someone who is interested in Italian football, if you talk to anyone who's not really interested in Italian football, thus, and you ha- get into a conversation about it, it doesn't take more than 10 minutes for them to be like, ah, oh, but aren't Juventus always like <laughs> cheating? Aren't they always <laughs> doping? Aren't they always fixing matches? Aren't they always falsifying their accounts? And from the outside looking in, you can see why people think that, right? And it just makes the the whole thing so much harder to sell because it creeps into the culture of just skepticism amongst every other fan base, right? And you see it every week. If a decision doesn't go someone's way in a match between, I don't know, Inter against Lecce, it's Juve's fault, right? And it's it's... It's just so much part of the culture that I was on a train. I went to the Atalanta match last week and I was on a train back with one of my friends who lives in Turin and she's an Atalanta supporter. We we're both going back to Milan and then parting ways. And she had her nails painted in a way that it looked like it was black and white. So I like jokingly noticed this on the train and said, oh, look at you, like you're a Juventina, you disgust me. Three people in the carriage started laughing. Because people, <laughs> it doesn't even matter if they're interested in football. People just get that in Italian culture. There's like a, an understanding that oh, you don't want to be associated with them. You know, of all the things to be associated with. The thing is, it, that that cultural thing then turns itself inside out when they do get caught in this sort of situation and get some punishment handed down. Where What you said about in an intellectual game and it being Juve's fault, whatever happens. That turns itself inside out because they can they then go, oh, we only got this punishment because we're Juve. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's a cycle at play here. Like, yeah, everyone does hate you because <laughs> you've been caught cheating in the past. Yeah. There's precedent for your behaviour. So, yeah, <laughs> people are, you know, that does get taken overboard where people are far too quick, you know, even earlier in this season, last season, whatever, you know, a long way past Calciopoli that people are far too quick to be, oh, well, that, that was, that was, just favourable refereeing for you though. Yeah. That, that can just be it's easy to chuck around and it's lazy. But and I I, I would never suggest that in in the last three years you've got favourable refereeing for, or anything like that. But they've been caught cheating again in this time in a different way. But that is what it is. The the thing that I would say this isn't in defence of Juventus, but I would probably tell fans of other clubs to err on the side of caution because when you look into these transfers, like that that article that, that Vito put together on Total Italian Football back in December, there's a lot of clubs who are doing this, right? This this investigation was just about Juventus's capital gains, but investigations will be opened into other clubs. There are reports now that 
Napoli's Ossiman deal is going to be looked into with a little bit more detail because there's a 20 million sum that exists in that, which is based on 5 million evaluation of four players who were were not valued at 5 million euro in, in any world. Um, there, there's, there were eight other clubs involved in the initial Juventus investigation, right? Investigations will probably be open into those clubs on individual bases. A lot of clubs are doing it. Juventus, you've been punished for your part in it. Take your medicine. The other clubs will have to take theirs when those investigations are carried out, if they are carried out, and they are found to have done wrong. If they're not found to have done wrong, well, then just shut up, honestly. But, but also be prepared for any punishment handed down to these other clubs to be lesser than your one. Mm. Because you know, if, if you vote the common factor in all of those deals in Vito's article, it's not the same club doing the same volume yeah. On the other side of the deal, it's loads of clubs who have done a little bit. So, like, they're, they're not all going to get fifteen points, and you can just you can already picture people going, "Oh, yeah, Sampdoria only got this much because of the Hatteran deal or whatever like that." And it's that, that's not going to be the case because they've not done so many examples of this. Oh, even if Sampdoria got to be investigated for the Aldero deal or for other players like Vrioni and Muller and all that, we've got even worse things to worry about. You talked about that earlier <laughs> question, you know, what would, you know, would Italian football be better off without Juventus? way things are going, Italian football will be without Sampdoria because things are looking super bleak. Uh, I'm sorry to say it again, Vito, but it's true of both the men's and women's first teams. Like, they're, but the trajectory of both is just very much down, down, down. And I, I do... I don't know if fear is the right word, but I do have a, a strong feeling that both Bluchakiati sides will will be out of their respective Serie A's next season. And I'm not pleased about that because I do like Samp as a thing. And obviously their shirt is great to have in Serie A, but it's just not looking good for either. Burnsy, you and I will definitely be talking a little bit more about Samp's women's woes on the women's football podcast on patreon.com slash total Italian football during the week. Again, they lost to Milan and that sounds like it should be okay, right? But Milan tend to just do stupid things and there was a slight feeling that maybe Milan could do a really funny stupid thing against Samp this weekend, but no, Samp were probably the perfect opposition for them. But back to the men's game. Before we leave Juventus Atalanta, I think, Kev, we've got to give some praise to to Atalanta. They've now scored, let me get my fingers and toes out for this, in their last three games, they scored eight plus five plus three, 16 goals in three games, Kev. Are they are they now back? They, they're back in a slightly different form, I think. Um, I saw Gasparini's post-match comments where he said his previous incarnation of Atalanta had physicality and te- you know technical ability. And and this is built on pace and pace, well, not pace alone, but pace and finishing probably, if you look at what uh, Lookman gets up to mm. on the pitch this season. And there was a few times in today's game where you watch the speed. When they get the ball, it's just, that's it. Everybody go forward. And I know while I was having some technical difficulties, you were discussing um, Juve, Juve going, you know, maybe a little bit more free-flowing themselves because of this um, points deduction. But I think they would have probably done this anyway even if the deduction hadn't come because they were facing Atalanta 
and and the way Atalanta are attacking teams that they would have expected that they maybe had to be a little bit more attacking themselves. But yeah, the, the sheer pace at which they break and the inter sort of changing of the front players there, you've you've no longer got the sort of the focal point like Zapata where you kind of know where he's gonna where he's gonna be, and um, it causes teams all sorts of trouble. Burnsy Roma beats Spezia two 0 Tammy Abraham is back on the score sheet. Speaking of things which have made an emphatic return, he looks like he's put twenty twenty two behind him. It wasn't his best year. But he's started the new year in in really good form. Do you know what's great about the fact that he scored in this game? It's not just that he scored, but it was the the type of goal because he picked up the ball, beat a man, was through on goal, and had to compose himself and then finish. And I think that the fact that it was that sort of goal rather than slamming something in from a drop ball or yeah. a corner or whatever, which you know is still great and will have helped his confidence. But the fact that he had to do a lot of his own work and then think about, well, it wasn't even instinctive. He had to, you know, you know what we say about players having too much time and then they get the finish wrong. It was that sort of situation. He got it right. And he won't have felt that feeling for a long time now. Um, so, you know, for me, that should be the kind of icing on the idea that he's back and in form. Um you are right because there was a time where he'd go through on goal and you you wouldn't even think that he's going to score like i remember mm. in that the halloween game that i was at in verona he missed like two open goals and a third that was as good as an open goal as well and i was just like uh, uh, you might never score again and it wouldn't come as a surprise. You might need a new job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you might have to join Chris at the back and just become a defender. Where I think he could probably do a job after a bit of learning. But yeah, it, it is good to see him back because look, everybody says this, and it's nothing new. But he's really likable, isn't he? He endears himself really well to everybody that watches. The way he speaks, the way he carries himself. So it is great to see him scoring again. And now this points deduction for Juventus if it holds out Roma are fourth Vito so for all of the Mourinho haters out there he's he's got them in fourth place it's looking quite good especially if the verdict remains uh, Mourinho you know he didn't have the easiest time last season. And let's be fair, this Shalo Rossi team could still do with plenty of improvement. I think it goes without saying. But given the scenario, I think just to get into the Champions League spots would be a fantastic result for Mourinho and Roma. And uh, uh, yeah, let's see how they can go from here, how the team progresses overall. We said um, we said that Juve liked to antagonise the authorities with their big shield and the two titles. But how how much do we think Mourinho has to antagonise them for them to just go, oh yeah, let's chalk that deduction off and just drop Roma out on the last weekend of the season or something? Drop them down to fifth. They'll go, no, we're gonna go with the we're gonna go with the original nine points. Oh, what do you know? Mourinho's missed the Champions League qualification by one point. <laughs> oh, he's always sort of by, you know, paying his fines, sitting in the stands, missing games. Um, that would be just as funny. Probably not for you, and I can see his face sort of contorting. He, he did like, grow it. increasingly worried looking <laughs> as you spoke there, didn't he? 
the, the longer you spoke, the more it seemed like a thing that could really happen. <laughs> <laughs> I started to get fearful. I feel like we do need to just address because we keep saying like if the points total, if if the points deduction stands, there is of course like basically two months of uncertainty now because the ruling has been made based on certain grounds. Those grounds will be presented publicly within ten days of the ruling being made, which was last Friday, and then from that date. Juventus have 30 days to appeal it. And then from that date, there's a 30-day window wherein a decision will be made to to hold there to for the points deduction to to be upheld or for it to be um for Juventus's appeal to be successful. And I suppose I'm right in thinking that if Juventus wait until the 29th or 30th day to make their appeal, they're kind of buying themselves. You know, I'm not trying to work out if it works in their favour. It's a bit like, so um, if I just link it to the UK for a moment, Ivan Tony's got a ban, potential ban for, and, and they, they're trying to, they're saying that he, the later he leaves it to appeal means that he can play the remainder of the season. So if Juve were to leave it late to, and so we got to June, the season finished, and we were still in this appeals process because people had met their, you know, their sort of time to rebut against the other. I'm just wondering if that, if they could do it and, and work that way. But I suppose surely it can't because the the deduction is is now. In yeah, yeah. I think that would be true if it was a point. Yeah, anything. I suppose. It, but, yeah. Uh, it almost feels as though they shouldn't give them the deduction though until all the appeals and everything have finished, doesn't it? It does feel like Italy do jump a little bit. You know, they jump very quickly to sort of slap these like like with Calciopoli in two thousand and six. They sort of slap slap on the. Slap on the, the the penalties, and they they you know because everybody loves seeing a, a a league table that's got Juventus down in in tenth position, and then you then you have to sort of go and do all this jostling around the appeals process and everything, and and we could be back exactly where we were before the points were taken off. But this is all this chat has reminded me now. Forgive me, listeners, and forgive me, fellow podcasters. There was a season in the League of Ireland, right, where. My local team, the team I've supported since I was able to walk, got relegated twice in the one season. And they started the following season in the Premier Division. <laughs> they got relegated twice and didn't go down. Because they got relegated by finishing bottom of the league, being the worst team in the division. Okay, But then someone got done for, I think it was like financial irregularities. So then they got relegated. So then... Bray got to play in the playoff and the team who were in the playoff just survived. And then Bray lost the playoff. <laughs> so they got relegated again. And then like a week before the next season began, another team got thrown out of the Bray division. So Bray went back up. But the transfer window had closed, so they weren't allowed to sign any new players. So they got relegated twice and didn't go down. I think that's one of the best stories that there has ever been in football. And I'd love to see something like that happen in Italy. And let's be honest, if that's going to happen anywhere else, it's probably here, isn't it? So let's hope Juventus get another points deduction, get relegated, but then actually it's rescinded and they survive. And um, I was going to say Genoa get relegated and Udinese go down despite having not finished in the bottom three. That would be a lovely, lovely time for everybody. There's hope for you yet, Vito, for some. 
Well, know what might happen. Just, just, <laughs> a, just, just imagine Samp go down, and then Genoa get pulled into this um, capital gains thing, and they <laughs> they get refused promotion, and Samp stay up. God, oh. v, v, well, I just wouldn't speak to Vito for about a week. He probably he'd go missing. He'd be walking, he'd be walking around the streets in Australia with a big Genoa painted coffin. He's been he's been waiting years to get that revenge on them. <laughs> Top off. Uh, I think that's the only way Sub can survive at this stage because based on what's happening on the football pitch, there's close to no hope whatsoever. Yeah, well, Vito, they lost again. This time, well, again, they didn't score, but it was a late, late loss. This time, Udinese scored in the 88th minute. This is a little bit more painful than usual. It was very painful because we dominated most of the play and I thought some of the chances we actually had were good enough to be put away. Probably in other seasons, we would have won this game 2-3-0 and would have been game over. But uh, easier chances were squandered. And then, you know, against the run of play, the Zabrete scored that late goal. And uh, here we are. And they did it without Deo Lefeu, who only came back as a sub in this game. It is a concern, right? Because there's a couple of other teams at the bottom who maybe finding a little bit of form like Spezia have only lost once in their last five Lecce have only lost once in their last five and that Lecce loss came against Verona who have only lost twice in their last five Verona beat Lecce 2-0 this time Kev Fabio De Paoli scoring is ridiculous I don't think he should be allowed score in Serie A but Darko Lazovic scored again he's hitting a little purple patch of form just at the right time for Verona yeah, he's he's kind of um, the player that looks most likely to pop up in at their games and draw them away from the relegation um, zone. I think it I think it is quite nice, you know, regardless of who it is, because you Cremonense and Samp do look like they're they're not going to build enough momentum to sort of get out. And I think Verona um, picking up some points now, so I think they're two away from the side just outside of relegation. That it will allow us to have some interest at the bottom of the bottom of the table as the season progresses and I, t- I, was, I was watching I was watching it and just thinking how how much of a shame it is compared to like the see I'm going to go on a barrack um, oh, rant you know but just the team they had last year when I went what, I went to Venezia and watched them uh, take them on you think Caprari I think it was because Caprari scored again today for Monza and it's like just remembering how, how nice a team they kind of had to watch last year and maybe year before that they still had Amrabat and you know I don't know I've, I think I've got a little soft spot for Verona I know that the fans aren't the the most popular um, for various up. reasons but um, but yeah that, that team that they had like last last uh, two seasons probably was quite quite enjoyable to watch but um, you say for various reasons is it is it not just because they're absolutely rotten like I think uh, it's well, just yes. that, isn't it yeah. Yeah. Primary reason is fascism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, fascism. Uh, the other reasons? Oh no, it's fascism as well. <laughs> I think that's enough. <laughs> yeah, uh, double well, dose. Play, of it. Players in that team who were nice and one who still were. Um, I still really like Ivan Illich, and he slapped one against the bar in this game, and he's he, he's got that in him, but in in a goal sense, <laughs> he's got a worldy in him. For more, um, I want him to. Better. Sorry to cut you off, but for more right-wing politics, let's move over to Monza, shall we? Where they drew 1-1 <laughs> against Sassuolo. Gianmarco Ferrari opened the scoring after 13 minutes for the Nero Verdi and then was just locked in 
one of the most beautiful wars you'll ever see with Andrea Vitania throughout the whole game before Gianluca Caprari leveled. Kev, you you can't have been uh, surprised to see a Ferrari perform at Monza. Oh God, that is good. <laughs> That's good. I'll give it to him. I, made a do you know what? One slash cardio. He it wasn't me. He raised his <laughs> he raised his little hand, and I thought. He's, he's raised his hand at really inopportune time because I've just started a sentence. But I'll, I'll let him come in. And he came in and he it was gold. And you could see his little face. He knew it was going to be good. Oh. And when he said it, it was good. I'm very proud of him. Kev, you, well done. You don't know how happy I was when I was watching the highlights. And I was like, that's... <laughs> it is Ferrari that scored. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they're at Monza. Quick, quick, right it on my hand. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Yes, insight is my sad little life there everybody <laughs> he's not been in the starting 11 all the time for Sassuolo recently so that is like the football gods just delivered for you on that one Kev but the the, the battle with Petania it was amazing you and your smiling so I'm guessing you've also seen it they were just going at each other yeah, I mean, Petania versus anyone is always quite funny to watch. But see, he, he is a barrel of a man. Ferrari is an but... underrated shithouse. He's the best mm. central defensive shithouse in Serie A. Do you ever get the feeling that he's, he's the sort of shithouse that everyone respects yeah. in the sense that even who he's against? So, like, he, he seems to be getting lots of high fives from Monza yep. players throughout I the game. It. Like, they, they, they all seem to clearly get on with it. I've got to say, the, the finish was, you know, well, if you say it came off his, you know, any report would say it came off his knee, but he, he meant it. It was actually quite a it was quite a good finish, I thought, at, at pace. Um, in terms of the game, Sassuolo, it was kind of the same story again, where they, they were largely the better team, I'd say. Um, maybe only sort of 55 45%, but... Again, just not converting. Um, Armand Lorient was very pleasant to watch and just... His really shot off the bar, by the way. Let's talk about yeah, slapping the bar. <laughs> Stuff like that, but there's there's never actually anything you can point to and say he affected the game and they mm. won because of it. Sort of thing. It's frustrating. You'd like to think that will come. They, they've got a lot of players like that where you'd say you'd like to think it will... You know, uh, Alvarez, the striker as well, sort of feels a bit like that. Um it was probably just about the right result, but for Sassuolo, you know that that gap we talked about at the bottom, where there's been a sort of a breakaway of three teams at the very bottom, the form of Verona and then the bad form of Salernitana and Sassuolo. That that's only five points now between 18th and 17th. That is narrowing quite rapidly, and that's not good news. Mm. Kevin Sassuolo. Kevin Spacey's Torino beat Fiorentina one nil at the Artemio Franchi, and Napoli beat Salernitana two nil. At the Arecchi, because of course they did. We won't spend too much time on on those games, and by too much time, I mean that's all the mentions they're going to get. Because <laughs> there is a game, there are still games to be played in this stupidly separated match day. Because Monday we've got Bologna Cremonese and Inter Empoli, but on Tuesday we've got one of the biggest games of the round, probably the second biggest game of the round in Lazio Milan. Kev. We didn't do it on the preview pod, which is available exclusively to patrons on patreon.com slash total Italian football every single week, the day before the match day starts. Because we said we there was no point because we recorded that on Thursday and the match is on Tuesday. It would be silly to preview a game so far in advance, but here we are now. This is quite nicely poised and 
I think it has an extra element added to it now that Juventus have had that points deduction. Um, yeah, I, I kind of hadn't thought about the points deduction because I was so sort of focused on our preview last week coming after the Coppa Italia defeat to Inter, which just seemed to highlight that Milan are really, really struggling to sort of hit some form. You know, they came back from the, the extended winter break and they beat Salernitana, but just they sort of were quite shaky at the back towards the end of the game and uh, sort of narrowly won 2-1. And with Lazio now sort of on the cusp of Champions League qualifications, Juve dropping out of that because of the deduction, they've got a real incentive to sort of turn Milan over. They're at home. And um, it could be quite interesting uh, on, on Tuesday night. I think it will be. I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Bernsey, are you looking forward to this one? I am looking forward to it, apart from the stupid scheduling, because it just makes it feel like not a real game. It is quite irritating, <laughs> isn't it? The fact that it's on a Tuesday night. Like it, it's Monday nights feel like the games aren't happening. Tuesday night. It's... Yeah. Come on. But is this the... Is this the... Um, you know the result of having to take Middle Eastern money to get the Super Cup over because you know you hold the Super Cup on a Wednesday in Rome you know arguably then Milan and Inter are playing at the weekends but you know it's it's right that the players get to recover from the travel time back from where the Super Cup uh, was but yeah, there you go Super Cup see Super Cup Copper Super <laughs> Super Cup Super Cup yeah, yeah. yeah. Having a game like Lazio versus Milan midweek, it makes it feel like it's a midweek round without necessarily yeah. being a midweek round. Yeah, it's absolutely it stupid. Weird. I can't deal with it. Like, Super Cup of being in Riyadh is stupid to begin with. Like, you said in Rome, Kev, here's an idea. If the two Milan clubs are playing in it, mm. pop, pop it at San Siro. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> yeah. You know <laughs> that actually... stadium they play each other in at least twice a season? That that's another element of this, which is where Milan go to Lazio, then they play Sassuolo. Okay, they're at home. Then they face Inter. You know, so you know. And Qatar. Uh, no, <laughs> hopefully not, because uh, I've booked flights to be in Milan that weekend. So, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, so I think I think that could that could work against them that they might be a bit, you know. Concerned what with what they run and fixes are. I don't know. I was thinking about words. They're going to be concerned about being concerned. To Thanks, Pfizer. There, as you were doing those little uh, movements. Oh, I don't know. It's been a long day. All right. Is everything okay, Kev? He's only done half the pod. No, no yeah, we're no. finished. We're finished. <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, he's only done half. <laughs> oh yeah, fair point. He should do the editing after this podcast. Then, on that basis, um, <laughs> it's going to be a mess. That. Um, are we like? I might not watch this game. Uh, uh, I will watch it. I'll, I'll be working, but well, actually, I may well have to watch it for that reason. But even if it's other work, but it'll be interesting in the sense that obviously there's no Immobile, so like, I feel like it, it's set up that both teams should be kind of thinking in a way that we can definitely get out the other one. Mm. Because Milan are fragile, but also Lazio are without Immobile and have got less firepower. So, you know, that should incentivise Milan to fly at them. Um, 
Milan are so weird right now. I, I still kind of bat them in every game they go into, but it's getting chipped away at pretty pretty rapidly. Oh, I've, that's me. gone for me. Like since the it was the Cremonese game. After that, every time Milan play a game, I'm now expecting them to drop points. And for mm-hmm. that to be true of the champions midway through the following season, I think says quite a lot. But a lot of people, Vito, are saying, oh, Milan were never that great in the first place. They're rubbish. Look at them. That's a bit over the top, isn't it? They're the champions of Italy. Yeah, it is exaggerated because although it's not a great team and certainly not a great Milan side by any stretch, but in general, it's a good side. But we've seen with quite a few teams that if you have a few injuries to deal with, it just complicates the situation more. So um, to paraphrase uh, Ewan from last year, you know, Pioli can only do so much cat herding. I mean, just some cats are just not up to standard. The cats in the baskets. When you said that, I was like, where's he going with this? But of course. Oh, I knew immediately. <laughs> does, it, does it work here, Ewan? Does the cat basket analogy apply? Yeah, I'd say it does. Last year it was very specifically injuries. They were still playing well, but specifically injuries. This is injuries and also players who are really good not playing well. So you, you, you could say that's a cat jumping out of the basket if you liked. But let's, let's not deep it too far again after last time. How many cats are there? Well, the, the amount of the, the squad. How many people are in the squad? <laughs> wow, okay. Big basket then. What do, do you think it was? What else would it be other than the number of people I, in the squad? No, so I did. I, <laughs> like in my head, for example, who's not? Who's someone that's like never injured and always plays well? Like Leao's <laughs> never injured, is he? Leao's always about. Like he's not in in this situation. I I have the the cats being well, he, the he questionable. Is, he's ones. in the basket. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But you asked me what I had it as in my head, and I'm answering oh, that. Sorry, so yeah, then yeah. you can't then tell me that I'm wrong. But anyway. <laughs> 32 cats, according to Transfermarkt, Vito says. That's a lot of cats. So you got someone like Ibrahimovic, who's just, he's never right. been in he's the Right, he's not a cat. Yeah, what, <laughs> what's he? He's just adjacent to the basket he's, at all times. He's the really old Labrador, who probably should have died four years ago, but still just <laughs> sleeping on that doormat. With, with, with the oxygen tank. Yeah. Dragging behind it. <laughs> and a nappy. Oh, and a cat sleeps on him as his bed. And do you know what? I genuinely forgot Ibrahimovic was still a player. He's just a paid yeah. fan now. He is that, isn't he? Yeah. Him every now and then, and it's like, oh, Ibrahimovic is aiming to be back for the Tottenham Champions League. Time. What do you mean? Yeah. Okay. What do you mean back? <laughs> back? I believe you. He's going to come straight in for that, is he? <laughs> yeah. Go- Imagine that going up against Christian Romero. <laughs> He's not played football for a year. Imagine he just drops you in and puts Ibrahimovic straight back in for for a Champions League time. You know Romero would just be like, oh, well, I'm injuring you. <laughs> because he is that type of player, isn't he? Like, yeah. you, you've not played for how long? Mission. I'm going to I'm gonna do your ACL. But all right, <laughs> fine. We'll leave it at that. We will be back, of course, during the week. We need to work out some sort of midweek schedule, I think, probably to take in the the Milan clubs games and then we'll be back on Friday of course to preview match day 20 it's already looking like it's going to be a good one I mean headlined by Napoli Roma there's another couple of interesting fixtures sprinkled in there too so that's two podcasts on patreon.com slash total Italian football and then Burnsy will be doing the women's football podcast as well all of the top half teams played all of the bottom half teams this weekend and I was supposed to be at two of the games but I was only at one of the games and I'm 
fucking fuming as a result of that. But you'll hear me rant about that for probably most of that podcast. So do head over there and sign up. We've had a couple of new signees. Not a word, but take it. Mm. So we do appreciate it. Um, That'll do, Burnsy. Say goodbye. Bye. Say goodbye, Vita Doria. Bye-bye. See you later, Grandad. Bye. <laughs>